We're turning to Proverbs chapter 12, please. Proverbs chapter 12. Do you remember uh, uh, Stephen's mission down the road there in the Cookstown Road at 8 o'clock each, each evening? And remember also him in prayer and Robert still down there in Ballina. And he'll be on preaching this week too if they don't close, close it up. Proverbs chapter 12. Now our text tonight is as short as it is unusual for a gospel meeting. Nevertheless, I believe it to be the message for the hour tonight. It's the 25th verse of the 12th chapter of Proverbs. I believe it a timely message from the heart of God to someone or ones tonight. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Let's read it again. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word Maketh it glad. Now, as you stare upon this text, there are three obvious, simple things that stare back at us. First of all, there's the heaviness in the text. The heaviness in the text. Secondly, there's the weakness in the text. Maketh the heart Stoop. And thirdly, there's the gladness in the text. But a good word maketh the heart glad. I can't make any, any more simple or for you this evening. How many times do you hear in these last days people saying, there's an old heaviness on me? And there is a time you can feel it. You can feel it in the meetings, in the church here. You can feel it in the prayer meetings. Uh, you can feel it as you go about. Uh, someone says, I can feel the weight on my very shoulders at times. And you do. And you will. And so do I. And if we're all honest this morning, we can say there's times of great heaviness comes upon us. And as believers in Christ, that will be the way it will be. And I'm talking just to the believers at the moment. Don't be surprised if you feel at times there's a ball and chain round your leg. Don't be surprised if you feel at times a weight on your shoulders. Or as in the book of Hebrews we read of your hands hanging down. And don't blame your wife and don't blame your husband. And don't blame your church because you have a good day and then you go down. We're all the same. Don't be blaming me. Blame 
put the blame where the blame should be. Because this spiritual heaviness, the anxiety, the stress, and the worry that hits us so often in these days comes from the devil himself. That's his job. He's a master of suppression. He's the master of oppression. And he's the master of depression. And his job is to wear out the saints of the Most High. And if you're in the battle for the Lord, and if you want to go through with God, and if you want to live out for God in these days, you'll get it, and you'll feel it, and you'll know it. That there's an enemy, and the enemy of souls. When we read the scriptures, we'll feel it. When we go to pray, we'll feel it. When we gather the family altar together, we'll feel it. When we go to witness, we'll feel it. We'll feel it. That old heaviness, that old spirit of Antichrist that now worketh in and through the devil into the lives of his people. Now, don't confuse heaviness with something else. There's an old boy down in Garrison there, and he lives on his own down near the Kilty border. I know that country well, and I know this man. And he looked out to the window one day, and he says, there's an old heaviness, he says, on the very dog. Do you see the old dog, he says, lying out in the street and he's not able to get up and I'm not a bit better myself? Well, there's another name for that and it's not heaviness, it's laziness. Don't get it mixed up with laziness. Laziness, that comes from the flesh. That comes from yourself. This comes as an outward force against us. It's a satanic heaviness. It's almost tangible at times. Do you know what I'm speaking about? Do you really know what I'm speaking about? Do you really know that I walk up and down that lane, sometimes I'm hardly able to trail my feet, and I have no, I have no, nothing I can put my finger on. I have nothing I can say. One day everything's good, another day it's heavy. We have an enemy, and you always remember that. You know, many people think, now this is my point tonight, many people think when they have this old heaviness and weight upon them that they're depressed. Well, let me tell you this, that anxiety and stress and fears that overtake us at times is not in itself depression. We're on a different level now when I'm going to show you tonight about depression. And those of you listening, some listen to me and will listen to me abroad in this message will know more about depression than I know about. You see, the text here says this. Now, watch the text. There's a heaviness in the heart of man that maketh it stoop. Now, that word stoop is actually the word depression. It's the word depressed. And so let me say this to you very clearly tonight, as this word came to me, I never preached from this text. In fact, I don't believe I ever recognized. 
But the Lord showed me very clearly from this text, if the devil can get past your mind with the anxieties and the fears and the trials and the sorrows and the things that hit you from day to day, if he can get past your mind and get into your heart, then he'll make your heart stoop. And then you'll be depressed. And so we need to make sure that we drive it away when it comes and keep it away from the heart. You see the word stoop here? It is the word to bow down in obedience. It's the word used when slaves went in before monarchs. It's the word used whenever Esther fell down before the king. Sometimes it was to get down on your face, completely and utterly under the control of the monarch, and stay there until he bid you to rise. And if you're really clinically depressed and spiritually depressed, this will be your case. You'll be stooped. And if not physically, you'll be stooped spiritually. And there are many dear souls tonight and they're bowed down with depression and God help them. But that's not your ordinary days Anxiety and fears and trials. That's when all those things have got past your mind and they've got right down into your heart and they dwell there and the devil plays on them there. And he'll make you stoop and he'll bend you and he'll make you obey him. That's what he wants. Most of us know nothing about it and thank God if you don't. And can I say that if this isolation that they're talking about comes in any big way for any length of time, there's going to be a lot of depressed people. There's only one person apart from God who commands us to stoop in obedience and obedience to him, and that's the devil. That's why he keeps targeting your mind. That's why it's so important to keep our mind clean and keep our mind clear and give no place for the devil. He keepeth, Paul says, our hearts and our mind. You need the both kept. That word is a military word. It's the word garrisoned. It's the word, it's the word protected. And we need to protect our minds. And we need not to let the devil get past our minds. And he'll shoot these arrows at you every day. And I'll show you what they are now. I'll show you what, I'll show you his major arrows that he works with, with the people of God. He keeps pegging at the mind. Keep pegging at the mind. He'll keep at your mind. He'll keep at you and there'll be days he'll say about your health. You're going to get cancer and you're going to die. What about the children? There'll be days he will come about your family. There's days he'll come about your future and your marriage and your work. 
He has every dirty ploy under the book to hammer at us. When he gets us down and gets us weak and gets us tired in the day and tired with the children, we have an enemy, the enemy of souls, whose fiery darts pierce and pierce, and he's no, he knows no bounds, and he's a relentless and a dirty foe. And we need to remember this, that we're told in the word of God to submit ourselves unto the Lord and resist the devil. Resist, and he will flee from thee. And when these thoughts come, and these arrows strike, we need to drive them away as Abram did in that night of gross darkness. We need to drive them away ere they get into our hearts and they bend us down and stoop us over and we're subject to the Satan himself in many ways. He wants to control He wants the control of our lives. He wants us to revere and to obey him. That's his strategy. He tried it with the Lord Jesus. You just have to go for the patterns in Scripture when you're dealing with with Satan. He tried it with the Lord Jesus Christ, and he didn't succeed. And I'll show you in a minute how he didn't succeed. And I'll show you in a minute how we, how we'll not succeed with us if we do certain things. He said to the Lord, he says, the Lord Jesus, the creator of all things, he says, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world if you bow down in obedience to me and worship me. Stoop. And the Lord said he didn't have, he didn't, the Lord didn't argue with him. And remember this, he's the God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. And he could, he has the power. But he's not all powerful. And the Lord, how did the Lord, how did the Lord deal with it? Well, I'll tell you, he dealt with it in the word of this text. He dealt with it with the good word. He dealt with it with the good word. It is written. And he quoted to him the scripture. That's how the Lord handled it, with the good word. It's the good word, we're told in this text, that makes us glad. Listen, my friend, get into this old book and start quoting the scriptures to Satan when he annoys you. And sadly, so many of God's people don't know the scriptures. They're saved 25 and 30 years and they couldn't quote a text. And listen, in this crisis that we're in at this moment, if somebody comes to you, knocks your door, or comes to you at work and says, listen, listen, I, I, I want to get saved. I want to get saved. I, I, don't, I don't want to die. The Lord's coming back and this is an awful hour. I want to get saved. Show me how to get saved. Would you be able to show them? How many years are you saved? The Lord will not be sending anybody near you. And if you have no testimony, he'll not be sending anybody near you either. You need to be able to bring them the good word. You may be able to tell them, why is this, why is this upon the earth? Why are we suffering this? Why is this judgment of God? Is this the judgment of God? Yes, it's the judgment of God. Of course it is. Don't you think that we can murder, to, uh, to murder a quarter of a million children in, in one year? Legally? Don't you think that the Prime Minister can live in sin 
Don't you think that we can pass the laws that we have passed on transgenderism and, 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 and sodomite? Don't you think we can do it and get away with it? Righteousness exalted the nation. The word. This is the good word. This is the good word that maketh the heart glad. This is the good word that will take the stoop out. It will lift the heaviness off. It's the good word of the living God. Lift the heaviness. It will take the coldness. And you get down before it. You start meditating on the word of scripture. You'll begin then to brighten. That's what he's given us his book for. Heaviness in the heart making the man stoop. But the good word will make him glad. Now, the two greatest weapons the devil has to make you stoop, to depress you, is first of all, attacking us and tormenting us through the past. Do you hear that now? I'm 50 years saved in me and I'm not ignorant of his devices. The first, or one of the greatest weapons that he has is to torment us about the past. And attack us and torment us regarding the future. That's how presently he can keep us in heaviness. And he can keep us bowed down with depression. Will you listen to what I'm going to say for the next ten minutes and the meeting will be over. There's none of us without a past... Now what I mean by that is there are things in the past, in our past life, and I'm talking to Christians now, this is primarily for believers. There's none of us without a past. And what I mean by that is that there are things in our past life which we regret. Things that we said, things that we've done. Places that we've been, maybe something shameful. Maybe something that the very nearest to you knows nothing about. And you're going about your business someday. You're driving the car. And you have a bad day. Things are not going that well. You're driving your car or you're sitting down to read the word or you're getting into bed or you're waking up in the morning. A man said I got into bed. I heard a man saying I got into bed the other night as if the devil got in beside me. Past came at me. Where does that come from? Well, well it doesn't come from God. Past things that I had done, past places I'd been, years gone. A Christian I'm talking about, a saved man. 
What did he do? He gave him the good word of God. Listen, if he comes at you about your past sins, the word of God tells us what to do. Give him the good word of God regarding past sins. Do what the Scottish woman, the Scottish widow did. She said he used to torment me about past sins. And I quote, he used to quote, this is the devil. You know, Tozer has a wee book out, talk back to the devil. We need to talk to him, talk back to him and rebuke him. She says the devil used to come about past sins in my life. And I was reading Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he moved our transgression from That's a good word, isn't it? <laughs> Man, that's a good word. And he says he used to send him to the east. And then when he went gone to the east and he couldn't find anything, he used to send him back to the west. <laughs> and when he was running from the east to the west, I got on with my job. Got on with my life. That's a good word. Listen, saints, this morning, as far as the east is from the west, and nobody can gauge that distance. When you get there, you're on your way back. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. So when he comes up with those past sins, no matter what they are, you bring him the good word. Give him the good word of the Lord. Here's another good word from the Lord for past sins. Jesus, the word of God says in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive. That's the text I was saved to. I'm quite glad the Lord knew what he was doing, saving me through that text. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ah, but it doesn't stop there. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's a good word. Not a name man amongst you. Are you saved at all? That's a good word. As far as the east is from the west, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. When you quote that, I'll tell you this. The devil will not be long fleeing. Here's another good word regarding past sins. Job 14. My transgressions are sewn up in a bag. <laughs> My transgressions are sewn up in a bag. Here's another one from Micah 7 and verse 9. I will cast all your sins into the depth of the sea. Let me say this to you. If your sins are in a bag and they're sewed up in a bag and they're cast into the depth of the sea, who can find them? Let him rant and rave all he likes. I hear the accuser roar of things that I have done. I hear them all and thousands more. But Jehovah findeth none. Glory to God. I have sins forgiven. Washed in the blood. And let me tell you, whenever those old past sins come up and they annoy you, he doesn't know one thing what you're talking about because he forgives and he forgets. You're the only one that the devil torments about. God's not tormented about it. Or interested in it first gone. Our sins are gone, gone, gone. Far away. 
Man, that should put a spring to your step. That should lift the heaviness. That should straighten us up. Romans 4, here's another. Blessed are they whose iniquity are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Oh, that's only a couple of the good words of dozens of them that we could give. Good word for our sins that are past. Here's a good word now for the sinner. Here's a good word for those of you who are still in your sins. Maybe here tonight, maybe listening to me. Listen, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's a good word. Here's another good word for you, sinner, tonight, if you're not saved. We have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Here's another good word for you. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Here's another. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, sinner, tonight, those are good words. Some of them from the very mouth of the Lord Jesus himself, calling a sinner tonight to come, come, for all things are now ready. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while, flee, flee, before this coronavirus gets you. Flee before the coronary gets you. Flee before the hemorrhage gets you. Flee before the road accident gets you. Flee to the arms of Christ tonight. And repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Here's a good word too. Here's a good word for Satan himself. I have a word for Satan himself tonight and all his accusations and all his condemnations in Romans 16. <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul says in Romans 16, the God of peace shall come shortly and bruise Satan under his feet. Hallelujah. That's a good word. It's a good word for Satan. And man, he knows it too. And he's going mad in these last days. I don't believe that he likes what's going on at the moment, Satan. Because he can see things we can't see. He can see things we can't see. Lastly, and very quickly, he attacks and torments us in the past, bring him the good word. In whatever area of your life he attacks you, you get the word. Quote it to him, resist him, and he'll flee. But then there's the future. The future. And he'll attack you in the future. Will he attack you over this virus, you know? Oh, indeed he will. Oh, now, if I get this, what'll happen to the children? Oh, now I don't put my nose out at all. Oh, if I look out. I'm going to put all those boys over 70 in for six weeks. I'll go mad. And the wife will go worse. <laughs> I'm going to put us into April or May or June or something, maybe September. God help us, what are we going to do? There'll be nothing but rows and fights. 
You can't cut, you can't chop people into the one place for three weeks or four weeks. They'll go mad. Go mad. What about the future? What are you going to do after you stay in the house all day? What about, what about this? What about the children? What about the wee babies? What about the family? What about them? Who oh, are they going to get this? What if the, if the neighbor dies? What if that boy has touched it and I have touched him? And the fear of the devil. Not a shaft can hit to the God of love sees fit. We'll whisper all sorts of things to you about the future. What about the children of their off school? How are we going to handle them? Oh, Imagine them off to September. <laughs> what are we going to do? This is what I'm hearing. I don't be out all that, but I hear things. What about the children off the school? What if some of them catch it? Well, here's what we do. Listen. Listen when he comes at you about the food. Will we be able to survive if we're not able to get out to the job? Will we have enough money for oil? Will we have enough money for the car? What's going to happen to us? Well, here, listen. Listen to what the Lord says to you now. Here's a word from the Lord Jesus himself to you and me tonight in Matthew 6 and, and verse 25. Here's what he says. I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat or what ye shall drink. Nor for your body for what ye shall put on. Is not your life more than meat? Is that all it is? Meat and bread and work and pleasure? Is that all your life is? Is not your life more than meat? Bless we were, me and Claire and Jonah went into Marks and Spencer's. In our man yesterday, you'd think there was a herd of buffalo had come in through the door. That's the truth. They would toss the very top of you, trying to get stuffs off the shelf. And here, didn't I spot somebody? <laughs> Mrs. M- Mrs. Michelle O'Neill. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I says, says the player, I says, that's Michelle O'Neill up there. No, she says it's not. She had her head down so that nobody would know her, but I knew her. <laughs> she had the head down, and I don't think there was two people in that big crowd who knew her. She had the head down, she was duking about. And Claire says, it's not her, I says, that's her, and Claire, and you're right. So, <laughs> so she piles this stuff up and forget all her stuff that <laughs> are coming out. She's pushing this trolley, <laughs> and she needed a trailer, that's the truth. She said, I needed a trailer to take the stuff out. I says, oh, stocking up now. I says, what do you know that we don't know, Mrs.? She says, I do this, this is just my Saturday shop, and I was going to say, you must have a big appetite. <laughs> oh, God help us. There's no gathering up stuff here. Listen. It's not your life more than meat or your body more than raiment. 
Behold the fowls of the air, for the sow not, neither do the reap, nor gather into barns. Your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? No talk. There's no talk here about hoarding, stockpiling. No, my friend, listen, you have no fear about the future. Listen, child of God, you have no fear. If you're out of work, listen, there'll be all the stuff on your table. Even can prove that, and I can prove it over 45 years, 40 years. Here's the, la- here's the last good word, the second last good word. Hebrews 12 and 21. Let us lay aside every weight and the sins which does set us. Now, there's a difference in weight and sins. And when you're trailing about on a bad day and you're heavy and all's going on and the whole thing's hammering in your mind, that's a weight that may not be sin. No, let the devil tell you that it is. And the weight. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin that does beset us, so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's a good word. Hallelujah, that's a good word. Let me back it up with this word as it close. I tell you, that's a good word. He endured the cross. The cross. And all its pain and all its suffering. And all the thorns and all the spittle and all the battlings and all the scourgings. And all the, all, all the afflictions of Calvary bore our sins in his own body. He endured the cross. And despise the shame. For you and I. Sat now at the right hand. Exalted high. In control of everything. The Lord's not running about heaven. Wondering what to do with this coronavirus. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. He knows exactly everything that's going on. And he knows why. May we get close to him, we'll be able to find out what this is all about, you know. And here's the last one. For the Lord. <laughs> here's a good word. For the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the trumpet and the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He could come tonight. Well, you go through Matthew 24. It's all long fulfilled. When you see these things begin to come to pass, the beginning of sorrows, Jesus says. Let me emphasize what that means. It's the birth pangs. As a woman, when she's about to give birth, the pains get worse, they get worse, they get worse. The contraction gets worse. That's what that word is in Matthew 24. And if this goes on very much longer, I maybe will do some prophetical meetings. These birth pangs. 
They get worse every time. It's building up, building up, building up, it's building up. He's going to burst the clouds someday. He'll take us out and he shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. And we shall be forever with the Lord. He could come tonight. Make no mistake about it. He could burst the clouds, glory to God, and take us out tonight. And then this plague will only be Mickey Mouse compared to when the vials and revelation is open and the horsemen of ap- apocalypse ride in. I'll be glad I'm not here. And so will you. So let us press on then. Let us get at and keep the good word. Don't let him pass the mind. Don't let him into the heart. Don't let him get you depressed in these days. For the heaviness of the heart will make you stoop. And the good word will make us glad. Let us pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you for your word, fresh to our own hearts tonight. We thank you, Lord, that we can lift up our heads and look up and we can strengthen ourselves. And for those that are cast down tonight with family troubles and trials about the future and tomorrow and the schools and all the rest, oh God, we pray that you'll speak peace into their hearts and into their souls. And help us to learn to cast all our care upon him, for he careth for me. And he is the whole thing mapped out for us, and the best has yet to be. Glory to God tonight, we're, we're refreshed in our own soul, through thy precious word, the good word, the good word, that maketh our heart glad. Amen. Good night and God bless you.